Entrepreneur on Fire 662. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. Every time I receive a nature box, I get to unwrap the goodness of smart snacking conveniently delivered straight to my door. Visit naturebox.com slash fire to receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. It's National Make-A-Will Month. LegalZoom provides legal help through independent attorneys and self-help, but they're not a law firm. Protect your family and future today. Visit LegalZoom.com, enter fire in the referral box at checkout. Fire Nation in the house. John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Kevin Rogers. Kevin, are you prepared to ignite? Fire it up. Yes. Kevin spent years traveling the country as a dead broke stand-up comedian until he discovered how a simple joke formula could be used as a powerful marketing hook and began teaching it to marketers. His new book, The 60 Second Sales Hook, teaches you how to use the power of story to grow your business. Kevin, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Right on, John. Thanks. First of all, uh, real privilege to be here with you. Big fan of the show. Love what you're doing. So, yeah, I came into this business as a direct response copywriter. Say that to anybody outside our little uh, tribe (laughs) here, and they look at you, you know, like a confused puppy. But um, (laughs) copywriter, that means I'm a salesman in print. I write the words that help people fall in love with you and get excited about buying your products. That's it in a nutshell. Um, But, you know, my business evolved over time as I discovered that as much as I love writing copy, and I do, I love writing anything, but it's also an exercise in torture. If anybody out there feels tortured by the act of writing, know that you're not alone. (laughs) Professional writers feel that same torture. I would do things like decide I had to reorganize my closet by season, you know, before I could start a project, you know, anything to procrastinate. It was brutal. And so um, what I decided was after some long walks that what I really love about this business is working with entrepreneurs to uncover their best story. And I love working with writers who are more disciplined than me to write that story and write that pitch, uh, you know, pitch the product in a way that represents the expert and resonates with their customers. So what I am now is what we call in this business a copy chief. That means I direct sales campaigns like a movie director directs a film. And I love it. It's invigorating. I get to do the parts I like, the creative work, the brainstorming, you know, in the trenches with, with the um, product owner and the copywriter to make sure that everybody does their best work. Mm. Love that stuff. And I love the point you brought up, Kevin, about procrastination and just what we all have, specifically as entrepreneurs, from actually doing the work. And I'm not sure if you've heard what I love, which is the Ann Rand theory, which is the white tennis shoe theory. And she sat down for an interview one day back in the day and was like, if there's a pair of white tennis shoes anywhere in the peripheral of any writer, when they sit down, they will somehow find the smallest scuff mark on that white tennis shoe. And they will somehow convince themselves it is 
is imperative that right now, before they start writing, that they need to go buff that white tennis shoe until it's sparkling. And that's just kind of an example of what we let ourselves get caught up in and, and the mind tricks that our mind will play on us from actually doing the oh, work, man. as Steve Pressfield puts so eloquently in so many of his books. Yeah, I know you're a big Pressfield fan, and I am too. And yeah, he, he's you know one of the best at helping people get past it. But you know, writers talk about flow state. I get anxious about trying to get into flow state. You know what I mean? It's like I, <laughs> <laughs> so I just figure like, man, how can I be a, a copywriter and not write copy? Like, what's the trick? And you know, ever since I did that, things have just really taken off, and I get to work with more cool people. You know, there's two kinds of writers. There's the kind who really like the social part of it. That's rare. Writers are very introverted people. Most writers want to be left alone to do their writing. And so what I've learned is I can create that protective bubble for a writer to do great work, deal with the client, help the client understand the process, and, you know, really works out better for everybody. I love that. And I don't know if you've listened to any of Tim Ferriss's new podcast to sell Kevin, but it's great. And he just brought Neil Strauss onto his show and they had like an hour and a half conversation. And one thing, if you're listening, Fire Nation, you're a writer. Neil Strauss says, hey, guys, I got something for you. There's no such thing as writer's block. Sit down and freaking write because that's what it comes out to. Mm -hmm. That's how you need to operate. So it's kind of interesting when you say, you know what, you can't use that crutch of writer's block anymore because it just doesn't exist. And Kevin, what I want to talk about right now is your journey as an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about a failure story. We're going to talk about a light bulb moment that you've had. We're going to talk about some current success that you're having right now. And we're going to talk about it in a story format. And I'm excited because you are a master storyteller. I've seen you on stage at RyanLees.com Expo. I mean, you're just incredible when it comes to bringing us there with you. And you know that we love that. But before we get into that, we always start with a success quote. So take it away. Yeah, you may recognize this from your military history, John. My favorite success quote is, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. And what I take that, I don't know who actually gets credit for that. Maybe General Patton. I've seen other people credit credited with it. But what I take that to mean is, you know, do the work, do the work. You know, there's this fantasy that there is some magic money button out there in the world. We all, we all know anybody who's successful laughs at that. Uh, you know, when, when entrepreneurs get to, together, we tell all our, our great war stories. Uh, I, that's why one thing I love about this business is that everybody came in through some different side door, right? There's no, there's no <laughs> one way. And so it's great to sit around and share stories. And right. um, so, you know, embrace the journey of, of getting good at what you're doing, because even though it may feel sometimes like the work isn't paying off, what you'll find is when you do arrive at success, all that training, all that sweat will help you make better decisions. You'll respect your own time and your talents more. And you'll have earned your place at the adult table. And that's when life as an entrepreneur gets really interesting. I mean, Kevin, I love this theme that we're already developing here in this interview, which is do the work. I mean, it really comes down to those base three words. And, you know, this mythology about the overnight success, we recently had Jennifer Page on the show. I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she came out with a song called Crush a handful of years ago that hit the market, went immediately 5X platinum, did like 12 million um, 
record sales like overnight, which is like unheard of these days. Mm. And everybody's like, who's this girl? She's such an overnight success. And, you know, I had her on the show and she's obviously like, um, I started singing when I was five years old at a mall. And <laughs> right. I, I'm an overnight success, like 15 years in the making. Like it's just, there's, there's just no such thing. It's do the work, do the work and do the work. And now Kevin, Let's put the spotlight on you. Let's talk about a failure that you've experienced in your journey. I don't need to really just hold your feet to the fire here like I do with most of my other guests about telling a story because you're, you just, it's innate. That's who you are, Kevin. So tell us that story. Yeah. So in 1998, I decided to quit stand up comedy. Uh, John, you may know, you mentioned I, I spent the first decade of my adult life from 18 to 28 touring uh, comedy clubs and ho- hotel lounges and nitty gritty dive bars, telling jokes to people who had been drinking dollar pitchers for three hours before I got there. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't always pretty, but, you know, sometimes it was amazing and it was a great ride. And I was in a very small club a subculture of society. Um, and so, you know, I got to work. I worked with people like, uh, you know, Chris Rock and Louis C.K. and John Stewart. These were my peers. You know, my best friend, Billy Gardell, is now the star of a show called Mike and Molly opposite oh, Mel- yeah. Melissa McCarthy. We're vacationing this week together. We're still best friends. So and cool. talk about an overnight, you know, overnight success. Twenty two years in the making. Uh, Billy and I moved out to California in 1995 together. Uh, him to act, me to write television and. He moved out of that same apartment complex uh, two years ago, two years ago, (laughs) all right, and and waited until he got his third season of this show to to be comfortable enough to to go buy a house. So, again, do the work. But so I'm out in, in Los Angeles and I think I want to be a comedy writer. I think that's, that's got to be the greatest gig in the world. You sit around, you write funny stuff all day. Everybody tells you you're a genius and you get to (laughs) (laughs) see your jokes on TV that that week. Right. And so I get out to L.A. Um, A friend of mine, uh, not Billy, but another guy, another comic named Tom Rhodes, uh, had been given a sitcom by NBC and his name was in the title of it. It was called The Mr. Rhodes Show. So Mm. you would think if you uh, have a TV show bearing your own name, one thing you'd get to choose is a writer uh, to represent you in the writer's room. Tom and I naively thought that would be the case. Uh, his agent's uh, managers assured him that would be the case. Um, and uh, I loaded everything I owned into my truck, a trunk and moved from Chicago to Los Angeles with Billy at the time. And uh, thought, all right, here we go. The dream is happening. And what we found out was uh, it, there's a lot of politics in place. And even though Tom's name was on the show, he did not get to choose a writer. So here I am out there uh, struggling to just learn the craft of sitcom writing and finding out you, you still have to earn your place at the table. And that'll probably maybe if we get picked up next year, you'll get a chance. So the show doesn't get picked up the next year. Uh, it's kind of a um, uh, doesn't go so great. The show. Tom's out of gig. I'm, I never had a gig. So I'm out in Los Angeles. And let me tell you something. If you've ever anybody out there who's uh, tried to make it in Hollywood, 
when you're out there broke, man, you just feel like such an outcast. There's money all around you. Nobody talks to you in Los Angeles. Nobody really talks to each other that much. But if you're broke, they can (laughs) sniff it on you. Right. And you don't have a chance, man. Don't don't bother anybody. (laughs) So one day I'm out there and I'm miserable and I don't even know what I want anymore out of life. You know, like I kind of backed off a stand up. I definitely learned. I got close enough to writing on a sitcom through Tom that I realized that world seems phony. I don't think I dig that. So I'm sitting at a car wash uh, uh, on on, um, uh, Ventura Boulevard one day in North Hollywood, California. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm waiting for my car to come out. And I'm broke and miserable and confused. And a, and a woman sits down next to me on the bench. And she says to me, what a beautiful day. Isn't this a great day? You know, I just left Chicago and it is cold and miserable there. And I thought, for, is she talking to me? Like, she's speaking to me. <laughs> and I said, yeah, wow. Oh, great. Yeah, it is a beautiful day. I said, you know, I, I'm from Chicago. What, uh, what were you doing there? And she says, oh, I was actually on the Oprah show. Um, and I, she looked, she was an eccentric older woman. And I thought, well, maybe she was a medium or something. I don't know. And I said, well, you know, what were you doing on Oprah? And she said, oh, well, she was doing a show called Where Are They Now? And I played a character on a show called Bewitched. I was Mrs. Kravitz. And so this was a very famous sitcom when I was growing up. Totally. So I knew who she was. And so we start talking and she says, well, what are you doing out here? I tell her the whole miserable story. And she listens to me. And she does, first, her reaction is she does the Hollywood thing. And she says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you my agent's card. And if you want to call him, tell him we met and that I think he should talk to you. But I don't know that that's really what you should do. She said, I'm going to instead give you a piece of advice that my husband used to give to people all the time. And he used to say, sometimes in life, to discover what you do want, you have to start with what you don't want. Hmm. And man, it was so simple, but I'd never thought of it that way before. And immediately when she said those words, I knew what I didn't want was to be in L.A. broke and miserable with no direction in my life. So I packed everything back into my trunk and I just left. And it was the first time in my life I ever you know, loaded my car to move and didn't know where I was going. I, I wasn't going to somewhere. I was going away from somewhere. Right. And I knew it was exhilarating to be on a new journey, but it felt like a failure. And I headed off into the unknown. And I'm really glad I did because I don't know one uh, sitcom writer who doesn't, you know, isn't on the verge of suicide at any given moment. <laughs> so there's a couple of things I want to pull out of there, Kevin, because it's an amazing story. Again, you're just a master storyteller. I wish every one of my guests could be so good. Broke, but getting your car washed in L.A. I mean, that sounds so L.A. to me. I mean, you can be broke, but still needing to have a clean car. I mean, that- <laughs> you know why? There's no water in L.A. There's no water yeah. anywhere. You know, I was too broke to have a hose. You know, yeah, it was actually cheaper than having to go buy supplies and steal water. Oh, man, that's great. And something else, I just want to reiterate this phrase, which is sometimes, Fire Nation, to find what you do want, you have to really focus and find what you don't want. And that was Kevin's major turning point. So, Kevin, sum it up for us in just one sentence. What you want Fire Nation to walk away with, with understanding that part of your journey? Yeah, two, two words, gut check. 
you know, really go deep, like turn off your devices for a minute. Go sit somewhere alone. Go find a piece of nature. Go go to the beach. Walk out in the woods. Leave your phone in the car and go sit there naked to the world and ask yourself, what stresses me out? You know, start going through your mental Rolodex and say, what's causing me to feel bad? And then say, I'm going to eliminate that from my life and then find a way. It's really cool that you said that. I, about three weeks ago, Kevin, got a paddleboard because I live down here in San Diego. I'm right on top of the bay here, which is perfect for paddleboarding. And then I was just watching for a year, people paddleboarding every day. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had the time to do that. But I was just making up excuses for myself. Long story short, I finally bought a paddleboard. I've been going out every day. I've made like four or five business decisions on that paddleboard, just being separated from everything else, having no connections, being out in the middle of this empty bay that have just taken my business to the next level in such a short period of time. And, you know, one of those things was hiring a VA to do all of these things that was kind of stressing me out and just was redundant anyways. And I came back from a paddleboarding session. I hired a VA. And then last week, I'm like, this is weird. I don't really have anything to do right now. (laughs) But it's allowed me to do other things. And that happened because I went naked out in the world. And not literally, but, you know, naked. It feels naked to be untethered. Yeah, from, you know. And, man, we all have to stop being so accessible. My my word, how can we ever get in tune with our own thoughts and the rhythm of our being if uh, if we're constantly if any blip could shake us out of what we need to be thinking about at any moment, man, quit giving every the world access to your brain. It's yours. It's so true. And it's that myth of multitasking. You're you get distracted by anything. You're not simultaneously doing something else. Your brain just shifted away from what you were doing into that distraction, whether you like it or not. So, Kevin. Let's hear another story, my man. So you're, you packed up your car. You're gone from L.A. I'm not leading you to your aha moment story. I mean, that's going to be whatever you choose. But tell us a point in your journey, in your entrepreneurial journey, when you had this light bulb go off, this aha moment, and the steps you took to turn it into success. Yeah, so let's fast forward to just this year. Now I'm 10 years into my career as a copywriter. I'm enjoying success as a freelancer. I'm working uh, every client's a little more high profile than the next. The money's getting better. I'm enjoying the work more. I'm eliminating clients who I can't serve uh, the best. And I am feeling great about my business. But as any freelancer will, I came to a moment where I realized I I, I probably need to create something of my own here. There is no passive income in client work. So I decided to write a book. I was very inspired by uh, Mike Koenigs. I'm sure you know. He's a very good friend down here. Yeah, that's right. You're in San Diego with Mike. Just an amazing guy. You know, Mike um, gives a presentation where he reveals that he battled cancer and Mike had one hour a day to work. And in that space, while he's recovering from cancer, fighting for his life, he managed to write a book by dictating it into his iPhone and sending it off to be transcribed. Let me tell you, any excuse you have does not (laughs) match up. So I left uh, that talk and I said, man, I need to write a book. And I knew what the book was. It was this what I'd been what you saw me present, John, uh, at Ryan's event. 
what I call this KLT, no like and trust sales hook. Right. It's, it's incredibly effective. I knew the material was good. But sure enough, when I sat down to uh, not overthink the book and start to write it, I began to overthink the book and overwrite it. And suddenly I had 10 chapters all laid out and I was researching each chapter because somewhere this voice inside of my head started to say, hey, man, you're you're a writer. Do you know that you call yourself a writer? Right. So people are really going to expect this book to be well written. So, (laughs) you know, you better live up, man. And suddenly I needed a book book, not just get the information out. So spent a year, a year, John, like Mm. overthinking this, brought in another writer to help me research. I have reams and reams and reams of of research footnotes and all this stuff for this book I was going to write. So then I I, uh, this year I joined um, uh, uh, Dean Jackson's mastermind. And I'm sure you know Dean. And yeah, Dean and Joe, past guests of the show, great guys. Yeah, and, and so, you know, Dean Jackson, one of these great, he's just a brilliant, brilliant marketing mind, and he is a master at simplifying life, right? Like, Dean wears the same clothes every day. He just doesn't want to think about things that don't inspire him. And so he asked me, we go around the room, and everybody says, what, what's going on with you? And I give this long dissertation. Oh, I'm, I'm writing this book and it's going to be called, you know, the KLT factor, how to instantly establish no like and trust with anyone you meet, even if you're, you know, shady, weird and up to no good. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> really clever title and, and all these chapters mapped out. And Dean listens. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he says, OK, hmm. Well, he says, what does KLT mean to somebody who doesn't know it already? Um, is there maybe a simpler uh, a title for the book? I said, well, another way I reference it is the 60-second sales hook. <laughs> and the whole room cracked up. And they said, well, idiot, that's your title. Boom. <laughs> uh, you know, that's something we all want immediately when we hear it. And so that was the first aha. The second aha was to just get out of the way of the the thing and let it happen. I already had the material. I had already presented it. It was transcribed. The book was done. And so uh, Dean said something great to me. He said, just give your writer a vacation so that you can become an author and make some money. Wow. <laughs> that, I love that. That was a huge aha for me. And and then I did something strange. I actually followed his advice. And so I got the cover on the book. I wrote an introduction. The rest of it, and anyone who downloads it for free will see, it's still in transcribed format. And the other aha was everything I was scared about by keeping the book simple has been what people like most about it. The one thing I was afraid of was the length. It, it only came out to about 52 pages. And I thought, oh, everybody's going to laugh at this. How can you call this a book? It's, a, it's more like a report. And the second thing was, I thought, leaving it in transcribed format, people are going to go, wow, you were so lazy. You didn't even like take out the, the, the <laughs> where it says crowd laughter, you know, <laughs> Kevin says. And, uh, and what's what people say instead is I'm really glad you left it in that format because I feel like I'm sitting in the room watching you give this presentation. Right. So when you just get the thing out there and let it be and see how the world reacts, chances are you're going to be shocked at is as long as the information is good, everything else falls by the wayside and they'll focus on what they need from it. 
So there's so many things I love about that story. I mean, number one, if you look at my Kindle right now, Kevin, and you scroll back through like the last 10 business books that I've downloaded, mm. I've enjoyed them all. But the percentage I went up to in every one of those books is less than 50%. You'll see 37, 43, right. 49, 38. Why? Because, listen, these books are great. And the first bunch of the book is awesome. And I'm loving it. And then I'm like, you know what? The last 10% of this book has been pretty redundant. I see where this book's going, and it's obvious they're just now fluffing it to the end. And so (laughs) I move on to the next one. So there's nothing wrong with just having this great 52-page power action book. And something else that you brought up, and you actually used a different voice for it, which I loved, is that voice that was telling you, you know, all of these things were holding you back. And what I call it here in Entrepreneur on Fire, and what I want to share with Fire Nation is, guys... That's the imposter syndrome that was talking to Kevin. That same voice that was talking to me, Kevin, that made me delay launching Entrepreneur on Fire for five weeks, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that I had 40 interviews. All I had to do was press submit, and that podcast was going out live. But the imposter syndrome said, who's going to want to listen to your podcast, John? Who is going to download your actual words? Who Who are you? To, to share these stories, these journeys with other people. That was my voice that was talking to me. And I actually recently had Michael McCallowish on the show who wrote The Pumpkin Plan. Hmm. And you said something very powerful, Kevin, about how you figured out how to really wean out some clients that just weren't for you and you weren't for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the essence of the book, The Pumpkin Plan, where if you want to grow the biggest pumpkin, Michael talks about in his book and he equates it all to business, People, those, those pumpkin farmers, they prune off, even if they're good-sized pumpkins, they prune off those pumpkins just so the one pumpkin can get all the nutrients from that one root and not have to share itself. with. And that's how you become a champion pumpkin. And wow. that's how you, Mike, and that's how you, Kevin, are becoming the champion that you are right now. So that's what I got from what you shared. That's great. Break it that. down. For, thanks. Break it down for Fire Nation, again, into just one takeaway that you want us to walk away with. Yeah. So do it. I mean, literally just say what matters about this material, right? Whether it's a book, a report, a video, don't need all the fancy graphics. It doesn't need to look perfect. No one really cares. Uh, Just get it out. I mean, that's the sentence. And I'll just follow that up by saying when you come across some information that you really like, think back to how you receive that information. Can you remember what colors were on the website? Can you remember what format it was in? No. You don't say to somebody, man, I saw the most beautiful PDF today. You go, I heard this amazing story and it, um, it made me jump out of my chair and take action. That's what you say. It doesn't matter how it comes to you. It's the information that matters. Kevin, that's why you're the perfect guest for Entrepreneur on Fire because you get it's the story aspect. And you've heard me in the past try to rip stories from my <laughs> unwilling guests over and over again. And it's just so easy with you. Can you just... As a comedian, can you do different voices and just keep coming back as a new character? <laughs> sure, yeah. Oh, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? We could be like oh. a, do like a Phil Hendry thing. <laughs> I love that. So, Kevin, let's bring things to today, right now. I mean, you've made some great progress using incredible entrepreneurs like Dean Jackson and company yeah. to help guide you along the way. What is the one thing, Kevin, that just has you most fired up right now? Uh, fired up right now is a new project called Copy Chief. 
I, I explained what that was earlier, and that's what I do. So I realize, you know, I do, I'm doing these one-to-one things all day long and often repeating advice and repeating processes. So I'm working with writers in one way and I'm working with clients in another way and it's all one-to-one. And I'm realizing, wow, if this, I could create a one-to-many scenario, if I could let people sort of eavesdrop on these conversations and learn from what's happening, like how does it work to put together a major launch campaign? How does it work to create a new email funnel for a major guru who doesn't have one in place? You know, how does this all work? What if I just rip the lid off what I do, you know, with privacy concerns in place, of course, but just let everybody come into the process and go, wow, this is cool and weigh in and learn from it and ask questions and also be able to, you know, imagine a place, a a membership community, a forum where business owners who are struggling with copy, they need a headline, they want to know if their story resonates, they could post it up and have not only the other business owners, but all the great copywriters that are out there that most people don't even know about weighing in and going, hey, you know what? Try this, try that, do this, do that. Getting, you know, critiques and feedback from people who do this for a living. That's what I'm creating with Copy Chief, and that's what's really got me fired up. Well, Kevin, with the amount of passion that you so obviously have towards this topic and just how amazing you are behind the microphone conveying that, I am foreseeing a podcast in your future, my friends. Ah, yes, thank you. You know, I had a cool <laughs> idea. Uh, I, I think what a, a cool podcast would be is I'm going to call it Cop, Copy Chief and, or Copy Chief Recap, and I, I'll base the podcast on the top things that were happening inside the forum. Oh, so, yeah. So you can still learn from it. It'll be, inf- you know, very informational, but you have to be a member to really see the threads and what went on. Right. And all your all your content is right there. You're just curating it into a podcast form, repurposing that great stuff for a larger audience, which is going to be, you know, the iTunes, the SoundCloud, the Stitcher radio audiences. And again, with a driving force and factor being back to your forms, your threads. Love that mentality, Kevin. And listen, we're about to enter the lightning rounds. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Most Americans don't have a will, but did you know that without one, you could be leaving yourself and your family vulnerable against the court dictating what happens to your property and other possessions? So many Americans procrastinate because they say making a will is too expensive or too time-consuming. My answer to that, LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom's prices make sense, and it only takes 20 minutes for LegalZoom to guide you through from start to finish. During National Make-A-Will Month, you can get special pricing on wills and living trusts by entering promo code FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Again, that's promo code FIRE. It's National Make-A-Will Month. Stop procrastinating, Fire Nation. Protect your family, protect your future at LegalZoom.com today. LegalZoom was developed by top attorneys to provide self-help services at your specific direction, but they're not a law firm. Legal help is furnished through vetted independent attorneys. Visit LegalZoom.com today and use promo code FIRE in the referral box at checkout. When is the last time you heard the words smart and snacking in the same sentence? It doesn't come up too often, does it? That's because most snacks on the market have ingredients like artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, and artificial colors in every box. Why go artificial when you can have the real thing? 
Thanks to NatureBox, I've recently discovered a gold mine of smart snacking options that all have strict quality standards that you can rely on. That means no more high fructose corn syrup, no partially hydrogenated oils, no trans fats, artificial sweeteners, or artificial colors. No artificial flavors. The best part is NatureBox is a subscription service that offers free delivery for your favorite snacks straight to your door every month. Wouldn't it be nice not to have to worry about whether or not the ingredients in your next snack are going to be nutritious unwrap smarter snacking today visit naturebox.com slash fire to receive 50% off your first box that's naturebox.com slash fire kevin welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers sound like a plan love it what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur yeah, what was holding me back was my firm belief that money was reserved for other people, you know, uh, that you had to be born with a special gene to qualify to have success, you know, because when you grow up hearing only about money problems, as I did, you don't think about money solutions. You know, it's amazing when you meet people who don't worry about money, even if they go broke, they go, I know I can get money. That's not a problem. It's all this other stuff. And you go, wow, really? Because <laughs> so, how do you, can you tell me, you know, most people spend their whole lives, you know, hearing people around them gripe about money and taxes and la, 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 la. And you just think, wow, this money thing sucks. Like, this is a drag. Like, I, how am I going to deal with this? And then, you know, we find out, quit, we fulfill our own prophecy. Oh, that was presented to us. And we spend our whole lives, uh, you know, chit-chatting about all these money woes. And um, But what you need to do is if you feel like you can do better than that, if you listen to, uh, you know, people like Brian Tracy and, and Earl Nightingale and all these great, uh, and John Lee Dumas, <laughs> and, you know, pay attention to the people who want to share with you. I think the essential message is you it is a choice. You have a choice. You can overcome your upbringing, your belief system that you didn't get to choose when you were a kid, but you get to choose now how else... Uh, you can believe and feel about this and, and find a way out, you know? Um, so, you know, there's plenty of good information out there. Finding money really isn't a problem. There are opportunities. It's finding the motivation. That's the bigger challenge. But once you do, and once again, do the work, things will fall into place. Fire Nation, when you only think about money problems, you never think about money solutions. I love that quote, Kevin. I'm going to imprint it in my mind. And Fire Nation, be honest with yourself. What side of the fence do you fall on? Are you always thinking about money problems or are you only thinking about money solutions, which is going to get you there? So be honest and change that mindset if needed. And Kevin, what is the best advice you've ever received? This is an easy one for me, John, because it's framed and hanging over my desk. <laughs> it's an email that uh, a private email that John Carlton sent to me in March of 2009. John Carlton was my copywriting hero, still is my copywriting hero. I am blessed beyond belief to call him now a close friend. We have a very casual podcast together and uh, John is semi-retired, but very much still in the game. Uh, and I, you study John like a hawk. And uh, we became friends and he was giving me advice once about what it takes to make it as a freelancer. And I guess the best advice, if I could boil it down, was never be a vendor, always be an expert. 
And and this email was talking about what it takes to be viewed and regarded and paid as an expert. Would you like me to read it to you? Please do. Okay. So this is just an excerpt from the email from John Carlton. And it says, you got to be the adult in the room who has more fun than everybody else, but in a responsibility-centered, pro-code-following way that earns respect and, very important, awe. And you never, ever blow your cover, no matter how much doubt is eating at you. You don't promise what you know you can't deliver, but you do push at the limits of your abilities. If you suspect you can do it, you lay it out there and you thrive on the challenge. And if you fail, you fail spectacularly with grace and with the knowledge that it's just another step on the path with more adventures to come. Clean up the mess, make amends, brush yourself off and get back on the saddle. Anything less than that kind of savvy cocksureness and you're just a vendor. (laughs) If that doesn't get you fired up, Fire Nation, what does? And for me, one thing that that just hammers home, which is so important is, listen, perception is reality. And if you are going to allow yourself to be perceived as a vendor, then you'll always be a vendor. But if you insist upon being perceived as an expert, that's exactly how you'll be perceived, even if you fail, because you'll fail spectacularly. <laughs> and Kevin, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Yeah, so it's a new one for me, and I, it's working outside of the house. You know, I, I love working at home for the obvious reasons. The community mm-hmm. is fantastic. <laughs> uh, when things are going perfectly and the world is aligned for me, I get to look out my window and see my kids uh, frolicking in the backyard wow. and just splendor at all the wonderful spoils of my life. But when summer comes and the kids need their house to be a fort for half the day, uh, daddy's in the way. <laughs> and uh, more importantly than that, I realized I installed a thing called time trade, not time yes. trade or, or it's rescue. Time doctor. Uh, no, yeah, it's like oh, that. Rescue, rescue time. time. Yes. And uh, James Shremko said, you have to install this and track your hours. And uh, my, you know, my productivity is OK. I'm not goofing off. But what I discovered, John, was I'm spending 55 hours a week tied to this damn computer screen. Wow. 55, man. And I said, look, I don't mind working hard. I don't mind putting in the hours, but there's no way that 55 hours is good for anybody. Not me, not my clients, and certainly not my family staring into a screen like this. So I said, I'm going to set hours. And the only way I'm going to do that successfully is to change the, the landscape. So I, I found this fantastic little office in an old home, you know, 100-year-old home converted into these great office suites and wooden floors and, you know, very, uh, you know, very, very homey feeling. And I, I go in there and I pop my shoes off and I'm at work, you know, it's my little love shack, man. And I'm just in there focused six hours a day. I work from noon to six. So I knocked 22 plus hours off of my schedule and I've been more productive, more focused, a much better member of this family. And, you know, that has been the new habit that's completely changed my life. I love it. It even goes back to that Mike Koenig story that inspired you so much. I mean, what that guy was doing in an hour 
of focused energy every single day is incredible. And Kevin, when you only have six hours, just from six to from noon to six p.m., and you know that you're going back home at six yep. to eat with your family, you are going to keep your eye on the ball about what's important, and you're going to make sure that you get stuff done. And we always refer to Parkinson's law that tasks will expand to the time that you allot them. Uh, and you're just allotting six hours, Kevin, in the course of a day. And guess what? You're probably getting as much done, if not more, sometimes in that six hours than you did prior to that. And on that note, we use rescue time as well. And we actually post our hours on our monthly income report that we produce here. And mm. I will say that we have some work to do on that end. You know, we're always trying to improve. We, we have quite the number of hours in front of the, the screen, so to speak, a lot of screen time there, but it's an ever evolving process. And Kevin, Beyond Rescue Time, which we will have linked up in the show notes, do you have another internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? Yes, it's great. It's called Focus at Will. You familiar with this? No. Oh, you're going to love this because you're a big focus guy. You know it. And so Focus at Will is a music app that is designed to help you focus. Oh, wow. And there's a scientific, there's a lot of science behind this music. There are specific instruments uh, that trigger the same attention stealing frequency as the human voice. So, you know, if you like to li- listen to music at work, you should never have a voice in the song because a part of your brain is going, I need to listen to that voice. That's a voice. And uh, there are other instruments who also uh, do that to you. Electric guitar, uh, saxophone. There are certain instruments that perform at a frequency that makes your brain go away from what you're focused on. So this music avoids those instruments and those frequencies and it gives you, uh, you know, gives your brain uh, a chance to stay in the alpha state where you focus best. It's an amazing, it's like five bucks a month. You can try it, you know, for free. It's, it's, it's cheap and it's amazing. And you pop on some headphones and put on focus at will. And I, I, you, I promise you'll, you'll, you'll focus better. It's amazing. Focus at will. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to both of these resources and everything that we're chatting about at eofire.com slash Kevin Rogers. And Kevin, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Yeah, so selfishly, I'll say it's the 60-second sales hook because it gives you the formula to to get out of your own way when it comes to writing your story. Uh, It's a four-step formula that I stole from my career as a stand-up comic. It's a joke formula, and I just changed the last part of it to turn it into a really cool sales hook. Nice. So so when you need to get your, your point across and resonate deeply with your best prospects in under a minute, which is about all we get on first introduction these days, um, 60 second sales hook will do that for you. Have you created an audio version of this yet? Uh, you know, it's based on, like I mentioned, a, a, a live performance. So when you get the free download of the book, I'll also send you a link to bonuses. Oh, boom. And you'll see the, the actual presentation I gave. Um, so that is sort of audio. But no, I have not like read it or, or ripped an audio from that yet. So where can we get this uh, this book? It's just, yeah, 60secondsaleshook.com. Free download right there and, uh, and enjoy. And, and please write me and, and show, me, show me your hook. I'm obsessed with tweaking these hooks, man. So I'd love oh, to see I what love you do. it. I love it. Well, Kevin, 
This next question is the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? So I would do what a project called Significant Objects did. Excuse me. And I would go around and I would buy little tchotchkes from garage sales, from thrift stores, and I would um, find something interesting about them and I would write a story around them and then I would put them up for sale on eBay. And in the description, instead of boring thing like, um, you know, (laughs) this is a tile with the number four on it, um, (laughs) I would write a story. It would either feel like part of a script or a conversation I had was I would apply significance to that object. And this is an actual product that, that some folks did, some writers did called Significant Objects. And on average... Uh, the price of the items when they applied story went up, you know, a, a thousand fold. You know, they they uh, spent about an average of a dollar twenty five on each of these items, and at the end of the day, they made about eight thousand dollars total uh, from the items. So, just using your own imagination, you could go on eBay and sell objects that you applied story to for a huge, huge, huge ROI. Fire Nation, this just goes back to perception is reality. People are perceiving it as more valuable. If you're attaching more value to it with the power of words, with the power of story, it will be a reality. And Kevin, thank you for being such an amazing storyteller today. And let's end with you giving us, Fire Nation, one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Great. So, yeah, find me at 60secondsaleshook.com. Reply to my email. I really do want to hear from you when I ask what business you're in. Tell me your story. Um, My parting uh, piece of advice is that your story is relevant and people want to hear it. Maybe not everybody, but the right people care about your story. And when you start to tell it and tell it with bold honesty, you will see your business explode. Mm. Love it. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with Kevin and myself. So keep up the heat. And Kevin, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been talking about at eofire.com. Type Kevin in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And Kevin, thank you for being so incredibly generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Fire Nation, is it time to share your voice with the world? Podcasting is the number one medium to do so, and it has never been easier. Join me for our free live podcast workshop every week. Just visit podcastersparadise.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.